hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. That's right, a brand new episode. Here's something Succession won't give you. They're done. They couldn't hack it. They could not. They had to give it up. They could not hold that quality for much longer. Not like me, bringing it in every goddamn week like a professional. Let's see some of that, Jeremy. This is where my pop knowledge fails. Brian Cox. There's another guy who's in it. Oh, yeah, Brian Cox. Yeah, he's pretty good for what, like 40 episodes? 65, baby. 65 episodes. Where's my Emmy? I I put these on YouTube shortly. That counts as visual stimulus. It's great to be here. I'm drinking a non-alcoholic beer. I haven't had a drink in two weeks. I have a theory. You can tell. You can get a pretty good read on how dog shit boring your life is based on how easy it is to quit drinking. This hasn't even perturbed me slightly. I remember trying to do a dry July five years ago and failed within a couple of days because I had things to do. I, I, could, I reckon I could go the rest of the year and I, would, I don't even think anyone would notice. Is it, am I just too old to be peer pressured now or do people have, have they lost interest? Am I a lost cause to my friends who would like me to be more fun? Do I have any of those friends left? It's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough time, 31, coming to terms with the, the dream. The dreams are over. They're not over. They've been shortlisted. I mean, comedy's still there, kind of. Ugh. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking on comedy. I give it four years. I give it, four, I give it one more Olympics and then I'm done. I'd like not to be, but I just can't see. I can't see successful comedian plus... House in the eastern suburbs plus children who don't hate you. And I think, you know, pick two. Pick two, and I don't think my fiancé is going to want to sell this place anytime soon. And, um, oh, man. Children? Could I... I could, do with a, I, I could deal with a resentful child, couldn't I? Maybe then I can have... You know what I'll do is I'll have, I'll have a resentful child or two, and then maybe 10 years later, either with my current fiancé or second wife, have another one and um, give it all the attention and love it deserves. And actually, more so, give it the attention and love I should have given to the last two children. Triple the amount of love that is advisable that will just fuck, it, fuck that child's life up in a different way. And the other two will always resent it because I loved it more. It's going to drive a wedge between all of us. That's, that's the life. If it means that I can also have more than 50 people listen to this podcast, I guess that's the life I'm going to have to choose. Oh, well, I know what you guys are tuning in for, so here it comes. Let's get into it. Uh, we've got to get into what are war crimes. You know, we've got to get into Ben... Um, uh, ben... Robert Smith. That's the... Uh, here's, I know you guys have been wondering, what does Tom Whitcomb... What does Tom Whitcomb think about Ben Robert Smith and whatever it is that's happening with him? And it's a very good question. And uh, we're going to get right into it. We're going to get deep into that. We're going to talk about the Aboriginal voice to parliament. I know people love it when I get political on this show um, because it's 2023. And you know who we love to hear about politics from? People who have no idea what they're talking about. And because I don't have a Twitter account, I'm going to have to do it on here. This is just the way it's going to have to be from now on. (laughs) This is all I'll say about Ben Robert Smith. Was anyone, does anyone else remember being a child and finding out that war crimes exist? I was very shocked. I thought, I, it's war. What do you mean there are rules? This isn't football. It's ridiculous. Because I've been playing Call of Duty and just mindlessly mowing down pedestrians 
in Kabul for the last three weeks. And uh, as far as I can tell, I'm getting bonus points. I'm pretty sure I got a lot of XP for drone striking that Muslim wedding. Uh, and you're telling me that's not allowed. Not only is it not allowed, it's going to cost me uh, a theoretical display at the Australian War Museum. That's right. You're going to lose. You're not. You're going to be struck from the record books. And why? Because you wanted to win the war too much. Tell that to the Viet Cong. Okay. Let them know that they <laughs> they didn't stand up to the gentleman's the gentlemanly agreement. Um, because obviously Aussie troops in Afghanistan pretty much the same as the Vietnamese fighting off an invasion. Is it admirable or cowardly that I constantly flip-flop on the side of every single issue as if I have almost no idea, just my total inability to take, take a stance on anything? Well, it's, oh, that, is such a, that is such a truth of me. Let's get real for a second here. Show some respect, Tom Woodcombe is talking, Urs. Um, I, I, I will listen to the loudest voice in the room and find myself disagreeing with them almost instantly. And that's just the way it's going to be, I'm afraid. I don't know what that says about me. And, don't, and for what it's worth, don't worry, that same dialogue takes place in my head every single day, every moment of every day, just constantly playing devil's advocate to my devil's advocate. Oh, God, what a nightmare. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's, look, I've, I've definitely talked to you uh, at this about this at, at, uh, at several points throughout the history of the podcast. Um, but, boy, is it, is it, is it ever confronting thinking about having to sit down and talk nonstop for 35 minutes and then sending it out to the world as if it's worth listening to. But So what I did today is I went, I went on a bit of a walk. I went on a bit of a walk seeking inspiration. And boy, when it rains, it pours. Because sure, I could talk to you about Ben Robert Smith war crimes and the Aboriginal voice to Parliament, but instead what I'm going to tell you about is something that happened to me at the park this afternoon. Strap in. Let those nerds with, with podcasts uh, that... They, they do research for, uh, talk about those issues. Hey, let me tell you about something that happened at Queen's Park this afternoon. Uh, it is quite a tale. First of all, I'll tell you what happened on my way to Queen's Park. Um, well, first of all, let me start with the, the start of the day. It, it started off rough, all right? It started off pretty rough. Saturday is still something of a working day for me. I've still got to do a bit of writing. I've got to do my podcast. I've got to do a little bit of life admin stuff and... Uh, there I was in the car with my partner. My partner has gotten very addicted to The Imperfects, a podcast I've referenced several times on my podcast, and um, gotten really into this, into this positive psychology stuff. And, and here I am, just trying to enjoy an acai bowl, and all of a sudden we're discussing what it means to feel love and, and what, what displays of love and affection make me feel the most loved. How I pine to live in a simpler time where you could just dismiss that comment as gay and get back to fixing your carburetor. But no, not in 2023. Unfortunately, that's a comment that I have to spend a lot of time dwelling over. And I don't mean just in the company of other people. I mean, it's stuck in my head now. All I wanted to do was just... All I wanted to do was enjoy a fulfilling, delicious Brazilian superfood topped with... Uh, I'm, I'm sure peanut butter that's awful for you. And, and yet here I am wondering whether, whether my dad uh, truly loves me or just is proud of me and what the difference is between those two things. Is, is that the kind of way you want to spend your Saturday morning? Is it? Ask yourself that. Presuming that 97% of my audience is male, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hazard a guess and say no. Presuming that most of my audience is male and over the age of 30. There we go. That's it. 
Um, but don't worry, that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about some footy I watched this afternoon. Am I right? That was me cheersing the microphone. With a non-alcoholic beer, which, you know, instantly undermines my point. So um, I, I did I did some work during the day. I've, I've ducked out to get a little bit of sushi. Um, what kind of sushi do you think I get? Of course, teriyaki chicken. Excuse me. Uh, yes, I would like two rolls of the uh, biggest affront to your culture, please. Could, could I please get uh, whichever sushi you eat the less but sell the most, given we are in the eastern suburbs? <laughs> it's next to a store uh, called Bondi Ramen, which is heavily shut down, as it should be. If, if, you are, if you are actively consuming ramen from Bondi Ramen, I mean, if it's... <laughs> there is... You should not be consuming any, un, un, any ethnic cuisine that has the word Bondi, Kuji, or Clavelli in front of it. You, there's, it's not going to be... Unless it's some kind of fusion uh, where the person who was making it speaks with an Australian accent... There's, it's not going to be any good. It isn't. You're going to have to go to at least Surrey Hills, preferably Marrickville, if you want any actually good ethnic cuisine. Uh, and that's why I find myself eating teriyaki chicken, the sausage roll of sushi. <laughs> mm. And uh, so I'm, I'm, enjoying my, I'm enjoying my teriyaki chicken uh, from a place that also, despite being Japanese, sells Thai spring rolls. That's what you want to see. That's what you're looking for. That is as much as much uh, indication of fusion on the menu without any reference to fusion in the theme of the restaurant. Australians will ha- just there will be no trepidation whatsoever to ordering from the same menu a Thai laksa, a Vietnamese spring roll, and a Chinese pork without any even slight question of whether or not these things should be sitting on the same table in anything that isn't the stars buffet. But um, anyway, I then uh, was making my way down to the park with the dog and uh, (laughs) I got to a set of lights and I saw, I've been noticing in myself, my road rage has been going through the roof recently. It's always been there, but I've really lent into it recently. I've gotten very close to getting out of the car and it's not like I'm looking for a fight because that would be a bad idea because if I'm looking for a fight in a road rage incident, um, presumably I'm drink driving as well because that's the only way I could ever see myself actively looking to throw hands with a stranger, which I have found like I've never been in a fight in my life, but there have been a few times um, where I have considered it. And those times have always been between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. And they're all fantasies. I'm fantasizing at the same time about going home with a girl and just left hooking some random guy and neither of them are going to happen. That was most of my late teens, early 20s. And um, I'm, at the, I'm at the lights and I'm seeing a bit of road rage happening in real time, which you gotta, you got you to gotta appreciate when you see it. It's a guy is in the left lane to turn left. It's, it's an only left turning lane. The guy at the front of the lane is on a bicycle. And he's not, let me make this clear, he's not on a bicycle for exercise. He's not on a bicycle for a change of pace. He's on a bicycle because I, I presume he is always on a bicycle. It's his primary means of transportation. And if you don't live in Amsterdam or Copenhagen, you need to be very, very careful around these people. Don't you think? Anyone in Sydney, anyone in Sydney who is using a bike just to get around all the time, 
I mean, they better be bringing you some Uber Eats if you're going to feel safe around them. Because if not, I don't know. I don't know what it is. There is something about this very practical bicycle, especially if, if you're not like at university studying philosophy. There's you just you got to you got to be getting a car. You got to be getting a car or the bus. That's uh, those are the only respectable options. And um, with that in mind, is it any surprise that this man who did just genuinely just give off a slight odor of insanity? is staying, just ready to go straight in the left-hand turning lane. The guy behind him gives him quite a gentle beep. The guy behind in a sedan, whatever he's doing, gives quite a gentle beep of like, hey, can you just get out of the way so I can turn left the way we are meant to? And the guy turns around and just totally, with the utmost confidence, waves him away as if I'm trying to go straight. It's like, it's not. We don't understand what you're doing. I'm trying to bring attention to you too. Good sir. This is how I feel when I get in road rage. Sir, it's not that I don't understand. I don't want to come across as unempathetic to your cause. What I'm trying to bring your attention to, what I'm trying to alert you of, is that you are a fuckwit. Is that, is that, is that getting across to you at all? Is, is any of this going in? That you, that you're behind the wheel of this car, I, for some reason, have opinions of you that in any other context, I'd really have to pause and reflect as to where this anger is coming from. But, you know, because I'm inside a Volkswagen Golf, for some reason, this is a life and death matter right now. The fact I'm not going to make this green arrow. <laughs> and um, so, guy in bicycle um, gets quite irate, gives it back to the guy, clearly feels he's in the right, while very clearly not being so. Um, I mean, yeah, look. It, it, it's very hack to go after cyclists. But things that are hack, it's because they are just so undeniably true, right? Not all the time, but there is just no shortage of pricks on bicycles, is there? And this guy was certainly one of them. And um, <laughs> so as the light goes full green, meaning the guy on the bicycle can start going forward, I want to just point out, that what, what's happened is there's been a, a small interaction between guy on bike and guy in car. And guy on bike has turned turned around and really given it to the guy in the car, which you have to respect. Because I think when you get in road rage incidents, you don't really see the man behind the wheel or woman or they. What you do see is just uh, a, a Mazda CX-3 that you hate with every fiber of your being. And whoever is inside it is collateral damage because what you're really angry at is the big car that is meant to be going left but is going straight for some reason. But when you're on a bike, it is a it is mano a mano, isn't it? It is it is a personal grievance that is being kicked up. And so you've got to give it to the guy on the bike that he is maintaining eye contact with the individual uh, that is that is causing this frustration and giving it right back. Meanwhile, guy in the car, far more passive aggressive, more my more my style, if I'm perfectly honest. He waits for it to go green. The bike starts going straight, and at that point, the guy in the car leans on the horn. With the biggest, you know, there's different tones. There's different tones to a beep, isn't there? There's a little like toot toot, like just, just, hey, just, just want to point out. There's that little. It's kind of like the, uh, <laughs> it's the, it's the car equivalent of an email that says, as per my last message, that just that little, hey, I, I just point it green. It's green. It's pointing it out. It's a little passive graphics. It's pretty fine. There's kind of the more kind of uh, aggressive sort of, hey, oi, oi, come on, move, do it. And then there's the one which is just, fuck you. 
fucking move. It was that one. It was much more that one. And uh, <laughs> he's done it just as he knows he has enough room in front of the bike to turn left around him. The guy on the bike does the most suicidal move, which is positioning his bike, trying to position, trying to get in front of the car as if to say, you will either... <laughs> You will either abuse me or you will run me over. You will not do both, okay? Uh, and um, did that make sense, that line? I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> he get the car maneuvers around him. This bike, I see him say to himself. I'm very close to all this taking place, by the way. I see him say to himself, all right, buddy, we'll go. Let's do it then. And he starts chasing the car down on a push bike. And, uh, well, needless to say, the route that I was walking changed instantly as I uh, hot-tailed in pursuit. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> I, I did not have the, the, the speed to keep up with how that situation unfurled. I'm guessing um, with at least one broken home, uh, but that's probably also the way it started. That's the, that's the vibe I got from going on bike. Anyway, that's, uh, there's that part of the story. Oh, hi there, listeners. Tom Whitcomb here from Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Wait for the next bit. It's about to get great. But uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you are subscribed on iTunes or Spotify. Make sure you see the latest episodes as they come out. Hey, hey, if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends. Let them know. I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, back to the story. I didn't actually cut that in. Did that live. Did that live. That What a comment that is on either. My professionalism behind the mic and or my laziness as a producer that I couldn't even be bothered to hit... Sp- Look how easy this is. I just hit pause on the recording and then instantly realised, how would you guys know? But the point is I could have done it, but I didn't. And anyway, the story goes on. I go down to the park and uh, I'm just going down, just looking for something to do. Just looking to... I'm taking the, I'm taking the dog. I'm going to go over some things. I'm going to talk on the podcast. Little do I know, I am walking straight into the podcast as it's going to be laid out because I get there and it's the uh, first 15 rugby is playing down at Queen's Park. The Waverley first 15 is playing and I'm excited but also very self-aware that I am a, a lone single man, too, too old to be playing, too young to have children playing and uh, you got to think it comes across as a little bit sus, don't you? Does it? I don't know if it does but it just feels like it should it feels like some people should be on alert of like, hmm, there's a guy over there with a very low cap and sunglasses and no one else around them. Let's just keep an eye on him. Let's just not, you know, look, and as far as they know, I've done nothing wrong. I'm just your everyday regular rugby fan slash binoculars enthusiast. And th- that's that. But you never know. You just never know when you go into the park and you're making some new friends with some kids just talking about the HSC exams coming up. Uh, whether they have any girlfriends, whether they've already thought about the way that they're, they, they're kind of feeling sexually. And and then all of a sudden someone is coming in, asking questions if everything's okay. And it's like, guys, we're just a couple of young dudes hanging out, all right? I was just wondering whether these guys might want to drink some vodka cruises I brought in a, in a backpack with me. <laughs> anyway, I get there. I'm just getting there. Oh, it's just, as far as I know, it is any random Saturday afternoon, little do I know what is really taking place at Waverley Oval, at, at, it wasn't Waverley Oval, at Queen's Park Oval this weekend, Waverley versus Cranbrook. For the people of you who, who either don't have parents who earn enough to know what those schools are or live internationally, 
<clears throat> uh, and by the way, got a few new international listeners. Want to give a big shout out to the guy in Dallas whose name I don't remember, who told me to listen to the podcast. Shout out to you, sir. Send me a DM. I'll learn your name next time. Um, these, are, these are two big private schools, two big, like, wealthy um, eastern suburbs in Sydney, as you can imagine, close to the beach, a bit more expensive, you know, exp- pricey property prices out here. You, not just anyone is going to go to these schools. So we have Cranbrook versus Waverley, the battle of the eastern suburbs private schools, a battle brought to you by the Porsche Cayenne and cocaine. It is what an atmosphere. There is so many people at the Oval lined up, excited for the big game, former students, current students. For, for that 80 minutes, there are 30 young boys with 30 fathers from the eastern suburbs who get to just ignore the controversy they're getting swirled up in that is the PwC tax crisis. They get to, they get to ignore that and watch their sons do potentially life-changing brain damage to themselves. It's, it's an absolutely electric atmosphere. Everybody there is white, with the exception of a few prop forwards who, let's be honest, are one ruptured ACL from being flown back to Vanuatu. <laughs> According to their passports, they're 17, unofficially at least 37. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, is, it was just so exciting. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's so funny. As a private school boy myself, being around that kind of atmosphere, like seeing the the, the old boys, the, these guys who are in their mid-20s to early 30s. I remember as a kid going, at 17 years old, going to watch the first 15 play and leaving a game where our team lost by like a couple of points and getting abused by 30-year-old old boys in the parking lot. And even then, we had the presence of mind to be like, you guys are fucking losers. You're adults still trekking out on Saturdays, wearing your school colors, wearing your school colors to watch a bunch of 16-year-olds play rugby. You guys are a bunch of fucking dickheads. And, uh, oh, man, they're still out there. They are still out there. Fair play to these guys. They were just enjoying the game. They weren't being too aggressive or anything. But there is something about... There's something about maintaining that association. There's something about privately school-educated and proud of it that is very dangerous. That's a real concern. That, that spells multiple future allegations, doesn't it? you got to have a little bit of self-awareness about this stuff. I don't know what it is because, I, I, look, as a private school boy, again, I don't think it's always fair that we get labelled uh, so horrifically in terms of uh, traits of toxic masculinity. And look, there's a couple of things to, to point out here. Number one, not entirely unfounded. You, you spend enough time around enough 17-year-old, privately educated young men, you'll see where the reputation comes from. It's not wrong. And I will say, look, privately, educa- privately educated young boys, not likely to do anything that, uh, that a publicly educated young boy wouldn't do, but they will do it with a smugness that comes with knowing they're probably going to get away with it, don't there's, there's, there's a real vibe of that happening. Anyway, it's besides the point. Um, so we're there. It's the Battle of Easton Store Private Schools. It's the Commercial Real Estate of Origin. Is that good? I, I tried to write some stuff for this. I had Commercial Real Estate of Origin. My other one was the Andrew Tate of Origin. I think that's pretty good too. Write in, let me know. Which did you prefer? I think I'm going to turn this into a bit. I felt very, I felt very passionate about this walking home. I was very excited to tell you about it. Um, so I'm watching it. It's a great game, like a really, really good game of rugby. Or in in honesty, I love watching schoolboy rugby. Um, it is 
it's it's so exciting. For those of you who don't really know the game too well, I'll try and keep talk about it in pretty general terms. But it's just it's free flowing and it's like it's it's pretty skilled. It's pretty it's pretty physical as well. It's just it's good fun. It is good fun. So anyway, Waverley and Cranbrook, big crowds out, big crowds for both. Uh, it's tight at halftime. I think it's eleven ten. Yeah, I think it was eleven ten at halftime. Uh, start of the second half, Cranbrook start running away for, with it. All right, and it gets to I believe. Let me do the maths. It's eleven ten to Waverley at halftime. I think it then ends up being twenty six eleven. That's what it was. It was twenty six eleven to Cranbrook. They scored a couple of tries. They're starting to run away with the game. All right, there's, there's only a limited amount of time left. Waverley need to pull one out, and they're not doing themselves any favors. They're missing kicks for touch. They're, they're, they're knocking the ball on when they shouldn't be. Unforced errors. I know I said I was going to make this really translatable for people who don't know the game and haven't done that at all, but you're just going to have to deal with it. All right, you'll get the, you'll get the general gist of where it's going. <coughs> okay, now. Waverly, 15 points down. For, for, for my one Dallas-based listener, it's basically the same as NFL in that it's uh, seven points, basically, for a try, which is like a touchdown or a converted touchdown. Converted try, seven points. So that means Waverly has to score minimum three times to win it, all right? They score a try under the posts. They convert it, all right? Now they're only down by eight. It's getting, it's getting tense. There's still a bit of time left, it's, but the, the time is the enemy. They score, they score once more. After a lot of back and forth, they're not like running them in. It is a lot of sustained pressure. Back and forth, looks like Cranbrook might score. Then they knock it on. It goes back. Waitley score again. So now, it is. What did I say the score was? It is 26-25. Two converted tries to Waitley. 26-25. The time is running out. Cranbrook are on the offense. They're deep in Waitley's half. They give up ball. Waverley are running it back. They get right down to the other end of the field. They're on the try. They're camped out on the tri- try line. You find out regular playtime is over. This is the final play of the game. The way it works, American listeners. Whenever there is a next breakage in play, whether that be the ball goes out of bounds or someone makes an error, that's the end of the game. But until then, they play on. They're, they're crashing. They're trying to crash it over the line. The inside center sets up for the drop goal. He gets the ball. He kicks it between the posts. Game over. Waverly win. Everybody on the sidelines in a Waverly shirt rushes the field. I'm talking literally hundreds of kids. I have a video of it. I had to put my phone away because the cops in attendance were starting to look at me very funny. <laughs> Not really, but I do feel a bit creepy about it. There's something about it that felt very wrong. Anyway, it's hardly the point, is it? Waverly wins. The number 12 for Waverly kicks. Kicks the field goal. They win by two points after the siren has gone for all intents and purposes. There was no siren, but if there was, it would have gone. Everyone in the school rushes the pitch. There are literally hundreds of kids mobbing this kid. They raise him upon their shoulders. He has won. He is the people's champion. He has won the game for his school, and everyone was in attendance to see it. And that child's life is only going downhill from here. Do you know? That's the peak. I was there. I witnessed a 17-year-old peak, and he will never reach it ever again. Because I watched the full game. He was good. He's not great. He's not playing for the Wallabies, I'll tell you that. He might play New South Wales under-18s, and that'll be it. And he's certainly not hitting the game-winning drop goal again, I don't think. 
I think this is a one-time thing and I think there is just no feeling in life except possibly a few MDMA experiences that are ever going to bring him to those heights ever again. The entire school was watching him win the game. There are hot 17-year-old girls, and I let me, let me caveat, hot if you're 17, not my thing, obviously. Obviously. I certainly didn't look at them and then realize that they weren't of age. Uh, that didn't happen once. You know, 17-year-old girls, obviously 17 every time. You can always tell. At least I can, and it's not for me. But... <laughs> if if you were 17, I imagine, I presume, I presume uh, that you would be attracted to them. And they were so into it. They were loving it. He is being mobbed by hundreds of his peers in attendance. What could possibly lay ahead for him that's going to top that moment? It never will. What's he doing right now? He is probably just... Strawpedoing cruisers and getting ready for his first mum. Close your ears, fingering, because that's what that's what the night brings for him. Or, this is, I, I genuinely want. What's he doing right now? Is he at home? Is mum ordering pizza and they're going to watch the Bourne Ultimatum on the couch? Is that's what's happening? Or is he going out in a blaze of glory? Is he too drunk and his dad's going to come home and? Find out that he's got 17 missed calls from one of his friends being like, Mr. Mr. Wilson, Toby's fucked up. We, got, we need your help. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hope so. I truly hope so because I don't know who this kid is. I don't know what he's going to do with his life. I just know it's not going to be as good as what he did with it today. And it breaks my heart for him, but I'm also so proud of him. I don't know who he is, but I feel I'm very, very proud of him, and I hope he's I hope he's really sucking it in because I don't know if you guys have experienced much life. It doesn't get that good ever again. I don't think I've even had one of those moments. I still remember the few minute moments of sporting glory that I had, and I'll tell you this: it was not at the first fifteen. It was not with a big crowd in attendance, and it was not to win the game. <laughs> my my sporting achievements all seemed to take place in games we were going to win anyway or still lost abysmally. And I still hold on to them as the brief shining moments that made life worthwhile, okay? This kid, I presume, let's 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 do some let's make some presumptions, all right? This kid is a privately school educated half decent athlete in the eastern suburbs. Best case scenario, he's got about 45 years in management consulting to look forward to working until 2 o'clock in the morning at his home office with a child who kind of loves him but doesn't really know how to say it, working at spreadsheets for a client that he doesn't really care about, briefly taking moments to turn around and see that photo on the wall of him being held aloft on the shoulders of his friends, including one of them who died in a drink-driving accident when he was 19, (laughs) and thinking that, if only I knew... If only I'd listened to Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking, episode 65, and recognized that that was as good as life was ever going to get. Oh, I could not wait to come and tell you guys about this because I truly, truly, truly believe this. I watched, I watched a young man have the greatest moment of his entire life, and I don't know whether or not he knows it. Hey, if you're number 12 for the Waverly First 15, reach out. I'd love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. I hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as I've enjoyed telling it. Oh, it was so, so good. It was so good. It was like, oh, God. And now I'm going to go and have to 
Chase my fucking dreams. It's Saturday night. I've got to go do two gigs tonight, and I'm not looking forward to either of them. Ugh. Ugh. Like, they'll be good. They'll be fine. But also, ugh. I'm kind of taking the foot off the accelerator on stand-up for a little bit because i got this, some work stuff going on, so I'm not really writing much. I don't have new stuff to test. Don't worry. This is not me being lazy, to be fair. I am. It's time that I would usually be writing. I'm using to make other stuff, but it's work-related and... I'm just going out there doing stuff that I already know works. And even if it doesn't, who cares? Who fucking cares? Anyway, it's going to be great. It's going to be a delight. Thank you for booking me. If you happen to be listening, Mark David, I love it. I love the gig. I do love the gig. This is the thing. Two years ago, I would have killed. I would have killed for this gig and the spot that I'm getting. And I'm getting paid for it. Like it's, it's ticking all the boxes. And yet here I am, unenthused. And I didn't even get to kick the winning field goal as a 17-year-old man in front of all of my friends and family. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, (laughs) Man, that is is just some... I'm still beaming. That is just great. I hope you can hear it in my voice. Usually I'm so cynical. I mean it this time. That was just awesome. It was really good. I hope I can turn it into a great bit. It deserves to be immortalized in something that means more than uh, winning a single regular season game in the CAS First 15 Rugby. But, hey, you take what you can get, don't you? Oh, man. Took it out of me. Um, oh, wait. There was one last thing. Sorry. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. There is an addendum. There is, a, there is an epilogue to this story, which i got, I got to join. And it's just to reiterate how unlikable 17-year-olds in the eastern suburbs of private schools are. I see a kid, I see a kid who is, um, he's there, he's been in attendance to watch his mates play, or just watch the game, whatever. And uh, he, uh, he, he, he's talking to his mates and he's from Waverley. So he's, he's fucking smug. He is smug about it because his school won a regular season football game that he was in attendance of and did not play for, mind you. And uh, I hear him say on the way, it's like, imagine, imagine, this is what all 17-year-old boys sound like, especially if they're probably fuckwits. Imagine, (laughs) oi, imagine, imagine being from Cranbrook, right, trekking it (laughs) all the way to Queen's Park and see your team lose by a fucking field goal. Imagine. Again, international listeners, uh, Cranbrook, is a good 10 minutes away in an Uber, eight minutes if your mum's in a Porsche and speeding, and she probably is because she has Adderall at home and needs to force it down her son's throat at the same time she takes her daily Valium. So (laughs) imagine fucking tracking it out all the way from Rose Bay to Queen's Park. (laughs) Man, I'm so glad I didn't know me at 17. I must have been such a fuckwit. Uh, Anyway, now it's over. Thanks for listening. I had fun. I had a good time. If I cared less about this gig tonight, I'd just tell that story because it's just bringing me so much joy. But I don't know if it's funny. You guys tell me. Uh, hey, you know what I would love to know? This is, oh, I would love to know your story of childhood crowning glory. Those moments, when did you pick? When did you pick? I would love to know. I'll think about my answer to that question. I'll let you know next week. But until then, have a safe and happy week. I'll chat to you next time. See ya.